there can be something liberating about letting something go. When we release things that we felt an obligation to, but we're also sapping our energy or that we didn't have the energy for anymore, that can feel like freedom. When we've been going through the motions or forcing something that no longer feeds our soul in the same way, when we let that go, we can feel freedom. When we come to a point where we can admit that we currently can't do something, that can be the beginning of a powerful and renewing time. But in the short term, we may not be able to see how our new season of letting something go can be powerful or renewing. We may not immediately know what's next. So this new season that we enter may end up being a time of waiting, of discerning, of deciding, and of wondering. What does this new bear season mean? How long will it last? And what do we do now? Welcome to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. If you're new to this podcast, or if you somehow missed last week's episode, it may be worthwhile to go back and listen for added context regarding this one. Last time I explored what happens when we come to a point where we admit that we can no longer do something. We can no longer fulfill certain obligations or complete a certain project or continue something that used to energize us but no longer does. And this is due to a variety of factors. We no longer have the physical or the mental or the emotional or the spiritual or the relational energy or resources in order to keep doing what we were doing before. And no amount of positive, encouraging, you-can-do-it messaging will change that for us. Our can't works on a deeper level than that. And so coming to that point where we finally admit, we finally break through all of that messaging and fully let go, that starts us on a new path. So we've admitted we can't. We've let go of whatever it is that has been burdening us. And now here we are. We're in a new season.
And first, we need to recognize how that admission and how that letting go affects us. This is the first step of beginning to travel through this new time, having admitted we can't and let go. There comes a point after that where now it may be in our best interest to continue to sit with that admission, to sit with how we are continuing to be affected by it, to observe that effect, to talk it out with others, to deal with it rather than try to jump into something else. There are several things that we may feel at this point, having let go. Several possibilities of how we may continue to be affected by what came before, and most likely there may be more than one of these things happening at the same time. First, we may feel relief. A burden has been removed, after all. We may feel lighter. We may discover a newfound energy for other things in our lives that we had to devote to this other thing. It flies in the face of the pressure around us to stick with it, and there might be something of relief as we have worked against, acted against that messaging, let go of that felt obligation and done what is true for us despite all of that around us. After all, we know our own health needs, we've recognized them, and so we pursue what we need to do in order for that burden to be removed. Some listeners may know that I am a fan of professional wrestling and have been for 30 years or more. And one of the big moments of late in the wrestling world was the return of CM Punk, the wrestler CM Punk, to a new federation called All Elite Wrestling. He was in the WWE for a number of years and abruptly left due to physical ailments and also to a sense of burnout. So there was great excitement as CM Punk returned to a wrestling ring after seven years in AEW. And during his first address to the fans, he said something important. At one point, he addressed the fans and both those in attendance and those at home and also his new co-workers in the locker room. And he said, if at all through my journey, 
my personal choices or decisions related to my life made you feel disappointed or let down, let me just say, I understand. If you all also try to understand that I was never going to get healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally, staying in the same place that got me sick in the first place. Seven years ago, CM Punk recognized that he was in an unhealthy place and that he needed to leave. He realized that he no longer could keep doing what he was doing before. His energy, his passion, his love was all gone. And so when he walked away, he did disappoint people. He did cause people to feel let down. But as he addressed that disappointment, he said, you also need to understand I was not going to get healthy if I had stayed there. So these feelings of failure or disappointment that we may feel, like we let ourselves down, like we let others down, like we let our dreams down, it may still be an important thing to do in our journey back toward wholeness and healing. It's true, we may have times where we second-guess what we have done. We may say to ourselves, well, maybe I really could have or should have stuck with it. Maybe maybe it really wasn't that bad. May, maybe I should have given up something else instead. We end up shooting on ourselves. We work through these feelings of guilt or regret. But at the end of the day, it remains that if we had stayed, we may not have had the opportunity to get healthy again. So working through these thoughts and feelings in the aftermath of admitting we can't helps set us up for whatever comes next. It's true, we may think that we're done, the moment we say we can't. We may think we're done the moment that we walk away. We have let go, but then we may still need to let go. The philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche made the observation that first, we emancipate ourselves from our chains but then, he says, we have to emancipate ourselves from the emancipation. In other words, we may be out of the immediate situation, but it still has a pull on us. It still has a mental, emotional grip on us that will take more time to work through, to take more time to let go of. We may not immediately know what's next after letting something go. But part of what may be standing in our way 
is our ongoing need to deal with what we've let go of. If we've changed our work situation, our vocational path, we may still be holding on to whatever caused us to leave, whatever events or feelings drove us to that point. We may have been able to finally get out of a toxic relationship, but there may still be effects and trauma that are lingering and that we need to work through actively. We may leave a spiritual tradition that has become more harmful than edifying. And so we come to a time of deconstruction and of healing from what came before. So part of this new moment, this new after season, is making the space and time that we need to work through how it still affects us. It's true, certain changes require us to immediately move into something else. And others will create more downtime to truly focus on it. Sometimes a bear season still has a lot of activity. There's still a lot going on in our lives, even after we've let something go. And other times, we can't afford to stop, to truly pause and reflect and take stock of where we are. Whichever the case, we're still in such a season. And it needs our active attention to resolve it. A bear season brings a lot of questions. The main one being, now what? As I mentioned, it also brings a lot of unresolved feelings. And when we sit in this time asking, now what? Part of the answer is in that intentional resolution. But exploring now what has other components and factors to it as well. We take time to look backward and to resolve what needs to be resolved, to deal with what needs to be dealt with. But it also, of course, has a component of doing our best to look forward and also to move forward. There may not be much ahead. Movement may seem slow. It may even seem non-existent. The big reason we may call 
this time a bare season is because the next thing takes a while to be figured out. We may not necessarily feel stuck in what came before, but we may feel stuck because we don't know what's next yet. And this can be discouraging. And the reason it can be discouraging is because it might go on for a while. Days turn to weeks. Weeks turn to months. Months can even turn to years. And we may, in the meantime, engage in activities that meet our basic needs, but that larger question remains. What is now my calling? What is now my vocation? What is now my purpose? And that feeling of barrenness may also bring hopelessness. Jesus tells a parable in Luke 13 about a fig tree, a bare fig tree. He tells other parables about fig trees, and there are other stories about him interacting with fig trees, but this unique parable only appears in these couple of verses in Luke. And there isn't a clear connection to what comes before and after it in this chapter. It's just kind of a, a standalone story. He tells this little story about a man who has a fig tree. And he goes out to inspect it, and he finds that it hasn't produced fruit yet again. And this is actually the third year in a row that it hasn't produced any fruit. And he grows exasperated. He grows angry. He grows frustrated. And so he commands his gardener to cut it down, get rid of it, because it's a waste of soil. It's not bearing the fruit that it's meant to bear. It's just sitting here, taking up space that could be better used for other things. In response, the gardener tries to convince the man to hold off on having him cut it down. He says, well, let, let's just, let's give it a little bit more time. Let's give it one more year. I'll dig around it. I'll put Manure on it, fertilize it, give it extra care, give it extra attention, and then we'll see if in the next fruit-bearing season, whether it will finally produce fruit again. And if not, if not after that point, then you can cut it down. Now, we aren't told what happens to the tree. Its fate isn't revealed. We don't get to know whether the gardener's efforts were successful. Instead, we're just left with a call to patience and intentionality. Now, it's worth noting that Jesus really loved using the metaphor of 
bearing fruit. And actually, this is what is usually the case when he talks about or interacts with fig trees. He's, he's always quick to point out that there is something about bearing fruit that is important. He gives this ongoing encouragement to produce something, to make the point that discipleship involves not just sitting around believing certain things, but actually producing something for others. It's not enough for a fig tree to stand, but also to actually produce fruit. So this could have been another parable about discipleship or about producing fruit for the kingdom of God that he often liked to talk about was the importance of producing something. Not just sitting, but bearing fruit. Actively producing fruit. This tree in this parable hasn't produced anything for a very long time, and this man is ready to give up on it to get rid of it, to make room for something that will actually produce fruit. But he's encouraged to wait, to give it time, to give it attention. The gardener operates under the hope that maybe this tree's bare season can be changed, can be transformed, so that it can produce something eventually again. It's easy to feel discouraged by a lack of production during a bare season. Again, there is that felt pressure from all around us to do something, to produce that idea that we're not worth anything unless we are constantly producing for ourselves or for others. And this bare season, it might be that it is stretched on so long and it still doesn't seem like an end is coming. But what we might need, what this parable tells us, is that what we might need is more time. And not just more time, but intentional care. That may include dealing with the leftover feelings from what we have left, the ways that it continues to affect us. We may need to emancipate ourselves from the emancipation. It may also involve intentional exploration and discernment of what comes next. Every once in a while, it may work out that we can sit around and just wait for an epiphany, to wait for some voice or clear sign from God or from the universe to come down and reveal itself to us. But more often than not, it takes some intentional exploration on our part to maybe go through a little bit of 
trial and error, to maybe test some new waters, to discern with people whom we trust, to bounce off ideas, to see how things sound when we speak them out loud. This is a time, this bare season is a time of digging, of fertilizing, of creating the best conditions that we can, the best conditions possible to change the circumstances of our barrenness. And then, maybe finally, fruit will begin to blossom. All of this, all this digging, fertilizing, keeping the faith, emancipating, all of this involves a hope that eventually and finally that next thing will arrive and our bear season will finally give way to something new. Thank you for listening to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including my four books, at coffeehousecontemplative.com. You can also find me on social media, facebook.com slash revjeffnelson, and I'm at boldroastrev on both Twitter and Instagram. Have a great week.